first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Ruby Aubin, and today we'll be talking about a film called The One and Only Ivan and speaking with Ariana Greenblatt, who plays Julia. And we'll also be interviewing Charlie Plummer and Taylor Russell from Words on the Bathroom Walls. We'll be talking to many cast members from Sleepover, and as well as Charlie and Carly from Weird But True on Disney+. First, let's talk with Ishan, who's 14, from Houston, Texas, about The One and Only Ivan. Hi, Ruby. It's great to be on the show. My first question for you is, tell me how you feel about whether the film accurately depicted what life is like for animals in captivity. Well, I don't have first-hand experience, uh, but I, I would say it paints a dreary photo of how life is for animals in captivity. I, I, let's just say I wouldn't want to be an animal in captivity, and I feel like it's a really compelling movie, and you know, it makes you really want to take action for, you know, freeing animals and letting them live in the wild. Of course, we don't know exactly what animals want, <laughs> but uh, according to this film, uh, no, I think really it's a great film and the message is solid. Uh, I think it is an accurate uh, depiction overall of how life is for animals in captivity. That's great to hear. It's always great to shine light on these issues that exist today. Um, so tell me, what is your stance on the use of real animals in movies as to p opposed to CGI? I actually, I mean, I think CGI is the better alternative. Definitely, yeah. it, it, it limits the possibility of cruelty to animals being performed on set or in any element of the movie or in any sort of, uh, or, or just anything that could happen is mitigated with the usage of technology over actual living animals. And honestly, I think this movie, I was struggling for probably more than half the movie to actually figure out whether they were CGI or like real animals because the CGI is done incredibly well. I mean, that's Disney quality for you. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. It uh, is definitely more comfortable um, of an experience for the animals if there is CGI. Tell me, which character pulled at your heartstrings the most? Ooh, I'm going to give you the answer that a lot of people will, and I'm also going to put a bit of a twist on it. I really, really like the, pro uh, the, the character of Ivan, who's played by the amazing, amazing Sam Rockwell. I think, I mean, really, the protagonist in any movie should be the one that pulls your heartstrings the most. But I also really felt for uh, Ruby and, uh, you know, her character. It might just be because, I mean, hey, who doesn't like a cute baby elephant? But... Yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, I really uh, liked their dynamic, especially that they had between the two of them. Ivan almost caring, uh, Ivan as the caring adult or the caring guardian. And Ruby is like the playful, cheerful, you know, little girl who's like, you know, ready to explore and learn new things. Yeah, I definitely think that Ivan kind of had a father figure um, impact on her for sure. Yeah, definitely. Here's a very important question that uh, I think should always be asked. What is the message and why do you think that this is the message? The one and only Ivan really, I think, gives us hope that we all can change the world and make some sort of a difference. I mean, just like Ivan does. I mean, not only does he make a difference in his life, but also that of some other characters in the film. I'm not going to name any, not to spoil anything. 
And I really think it's a great film to show kids because, you know, there's a lot of empathy, a lot of kindness, a lot of selflessness involved. And I think it, it just really drives home the point that tough situations are best handled with a kind heart and a good heart. That's definitely a great message to hear. I'm sure that parents are going to love that uh, to be shown to their children. Here's another question about CGI. Um, so CGI has been um, incredibly abundant in filmmaking in the recent years, especially with all the animal movies coming out, such as Dr. Doolittle. And how to you does the CGI in this movie compare to others you've seen? I have seen quite a few CGI films, and I'd say this is definitely one of the most masterfully pieced together. Like, you know, there are some films within like the first two minutes, you can say, oh, that's CGI. Okay, no, that's not real. That's created by a computer. Really, I was struggling to uh, figure out where the line, I mean, this is Disney's first live action slash animated. They uh, kind of put both of them together, CGI and also live action characters. And I mean, I was really struggling to draw the line between where uh, animation ends, where, you know, live action ends. And it was really uh, an amazing, amazing movie. That's great. You know, sometimes there is something that looks a little bit off about the um, characters that are animated by CGI. But with this one, uh, I can tell you definitely didn't feel that way. So here are my final questions for you. Um, is there anything that viewers at home should be concerned about before they uh, go on to watch this movie? Uh, I think something that's really important to have, like a discussion to have before watching this movie is that of animal cruelty, is that of, you know, hey, in a circus, the animals aren't necessarily, you know, treated in the greatest way. It's a lot of the time it's, you know, motivated by human profit rather than the animal's free will. And uh, I think that discussion is very important. Also, there's some mention of uh, death in the movie and uh, gunshots are heard at certain points. I think, I guess those are thematic elements and they, those only appear like once or twice, but those are just some things to be to watch out for. All right, that's good to know. And lastly, can you give me a star rating? Ooh, so I'd rate this movie four and a half stars out of five. I think the age rating I'd give it was eight to 18, I think is probably the best I can get. I think adults will also enjoy it, but eight to 18 plus adults. That's great. All right, thank you so much for um, this interview. Uh, we heard a lot of interesting things about this um, movie. So, yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you. It was great being on the show. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about the one and only Ivan and speaking with Ariana Greenblatt, who plays Julia. And we'll also be interviewing Charlie Plummer and Taylor Russell from Words on the Bathroom Walls. We'll be talking with many cast members from The Sleepover, as well as Charlie and Carly from Weird But True on Disney+. Plus. And right now, I just finished talking with Ishan about the one and only Ivan. And next, we're going to listen in on his interview with Ariana Greenblatt and her role in the film. Hello, I'm Ishan Mani, reporting for Kids First. And today, I have the pleasure of talking with Ariana Greenblatt, who plays Julia in Disney Plus's upcoming film, The One and Only Ivan. Only five years into her career, Ariana is one of the busiest young actresses in Hollywood, having been named one to watch on the Hollywood Reporter's 2019 Young Hollywood list. You're really, really busy. So tell me, what drew you to working on The One and Only Ivan? Well, originally, before I started acting, I read the book uh, when I was in third grade. And I always loved the book. It always drew me to actually want to make it into a movie. Um, 
but yeah, when I read it and I also read the script, it was so like inspiring as well because I'm an animal lover um, as well as an art lover. So my character, Julia, is both. And it was such a beautiful story and I definitely want to spread the message to help animals around the world, especially that they're being held in captivity. Um, and also young girls like me and young boys as well um, to also know that they can make a change no matter what age they are. Of course, yeah. So you mentioned that your character and you both love art. So in what other ways are you, are you and Julia similar or different? Well, she's definitely more shy than me, but I would definitely say that she has a good opinion and she's not afraid to say it, um, like me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, fun fact, I drew the things in the movie. So if you see me with like a drawing or whatever, I actually got to draw that, which was very special. Um, but yeah, we just love animals, we're art lovers, and we're definitely not afraid to share our opinion. Wow, nice. Yeah, so touching on your drawing, did you draw that on set while the film was being shot? Yeah, so actually, I was doing set school at the time. Um, so whenever I had like a break from school or whatever, I would draw and like where we were filming, there's this beautiful park right in the back. So I would like draw there and kind of just like free my head and everything. Um, and like my free time when I'm at home or whatever. But yeah, it was really cool. And then I would turn him in and be like, okay, this is for like the script. <laughs> it's a great way to relieve stress as well, you know, uh, while acting. Yeah. So sure. what was the most difficult part about portraying Julia? <sighs> interesting. Well, it, the most interesting part or difficult would probably be working with uh, Ivan because obviously it's not a real gorilla. So what was interesting about it is Ben Bishop, who played Ivan during filming, um, he was in this like motion capture suit and he had a bunch of like dots on him and he was really portraying a gorilla, which I thought was so mind-blowing. And working with him, I kind of just had to imagine myself in front of a gorilla, and I would just look into him, look into his eyes, and be like, okay, that's a gorilla's eyes, it's Ivan. Um, so that was definitely interesting to see his like body language as a gorilla. It was very believable. Definitely, yeah. So what was the most fun part of the acting process? There's so many great moments, but I would definitely have to say working with Brian Cranston, we would always create like fun handshakes and play games while we cut on set. Um, and we'd play like My Spy and we'd go around the set because the set is very intriguing and there's a lot of details that um, I was looking around, walking around the set. Um, so we just like find some cool things to like play around and stuff like that. So definitely working with Ryan Cranston. Right. So what was your favorite scene in the movie without giving away too much? My favorite scene. There's so many that I love, but I would have to say probably when I realize... Ivan did something amazing, um, and then the switch in my head, I'm like, oh my god, I can really change someone's life right now. So probably my favorite would be when I realize that I can make a big difference, and either I do it now or nothing's going to happen. Reach. Whoa, did you draw all these? A gorilla. Who draws? What is it? Don't tell me, don't tell me. It's a lonely haystack on a late summer day. Of course, yeah. And I mean, it's such an impactful movie. Uh, so what message do you hope that your viewers will take away from uh, watching The One and Only Ivan? Um, probably that there's no age to make change and whatever you feel passionate about, go for it. Um, in my case, as Julia, her case was to save Ivan, who was one of her best friends. Um, so yeah, there's no age to make a change. And if you're passionate about something, do it. 
and just change the world if you want. <laughs> and also be kind to animals, please. Animals are amazing. Yes. <laughs> Did COVID-19 affect your work on the film at all, or has it affected your work in general? Well, I actually filmed the one and only Ivan three years ago when I was around the age of nine. So it didn't affect my, it didn't affect this movie. But yeah, during COVID, we obviously couldn't go anywhere. So auditions were like stuck and like stuff like that. But it was a good time for me to kind of like de-stress and kind of take my mental health and personal health, kind of just relax. Um, but I'm definitely excited to get back on the grind and get started again. Definitely. You said three years? Yes, three years ago. Wow. Yes. That's incredible. I mean, and you put on such an amazing performance at the age of nine. That's great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So how did you manage to balance your schoolwork and acting while working on the film? Yeah, so whenever I'm on any project, um, I do set school, which when they say cut and let's say I have like a 30-minute break, I go to a room, which is especially for my school, and I have a set teacher that's always there with me, like a normal school. You just have your teacher there. Um, and I just kind of have my all my work planned out and I just, any moment I have, I finish my school and then go back to set. Um, but sometimes like there's one day that I don't work and I just do all school. Um, but it's definitely interesting, especially when I first started out in acting, I wasn't really used to like doing set school. Um, but yeah, I'm really used to it now and it's pretty interesting for sure. Definitely, yeah. So you've worked with some really big names in this film, you know, Helen Mirren, Angelina Jolie, uh, Danny DeVito, and more. So what was your experience in working with them? Well, I only got to work with Brian Cranston because he was in the live action, um, and Ramon Rodriguez, obviously. But for the others, like Danny DeVito, Helen Mirren, and Angelina Jolie, um, they were all voice actors. So I only got to meet Angelina Jolie in person and Danny DeVito. Um, hopefully I can meet Helen soon, but they're very sweet and I hope that I can work to them face-to-face -face in the near future. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Ariana. It has been a pleasure. Thank I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First. Bye-bye. Let's take a break. I'm Ruby Aubin from Miami, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Ruby Aubin, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about the one and only Ivan, and we'll also be interviewing Charlie Plummer and Taylor Russell from Words on the Bathroom Walls. We'll be talking with many cast members from The Sleepover as well as Charlie and Carly from Weird But True on Disney+. Plus. Next, we'll be listening to Heather's interview with Charlie Plummer, another actor from Words on the Bathroom Walls. Hey guys, I'm Heather Suarez, reporting for Kids First. And today, I'm sitting down with Charlie Plummer, talking about the new movie, Words on the Bathroom Walls. Hi, I'm Heather Suarez. Hi, Charlie, how are you? Hi, I'm good, Heather. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. I honestly love this film because it's such an important topic that we don't address very often. So when taking on a character with schizophrenia, what was the most difficult part about playing Adam? I think it's just, I mean, it is, uh, you know, definitely, I think a responsibility. Um, Anybody that is telling this type of a story, I think there's a lot of responsibility to make sure that you're doing so in a factual way, just as much as you're doing it in a compelling way, even if, if not more so. And so for me, I think just educating myself and and taking the time. I mean, fortunately, I was so excited about the opportunity to get to learn more about this, that it wasn't at all like difficult to to, to put that time aside to do so. But but I think that was probably the biggest commitment in terms of just time and um, and also but 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 also the most helpful, probably in terms of setting myself up for for being able to play this guy. but yeah, but yeah, and then that really being coming from obviously doing as much reading as I could do, but also mainly from having conversations with people who really do, whether they're, you know, suffering from the illness themselves or helping people suffering from the illness every day, like talking to those people who their every day really does revolve around this in some way, shape or form. I, I loved your scenes where you would talk to the therapist and then those one scene where you, you're tear is just one tear and I because I'm an actor so I focus on your performance and that was just such a heartbreaker and you were talking about doing research so what kind of research besides talking to the others helped you tap into your character did you watch more movies did you read books absolutely yeah I mean you know I think like I knew that for the character, obviously, if we were to break it up into like a few different, you know, there's the part of his life that's obviously most concerned with the illness. And there's the part of his life where he's so passionate about cooking and and that and then his family and then this young woman who he meets. And so so making sure I was kind of as an actor, really catering to all of those different areas in this character's life and making sure they all felt full and earned and, and exciting and spontaneous as much as they could. And. And, and yeah, so that came from watching movies. I, I'm really big on listening to music, finding music that kind of puts me in that place. And I also think because of the nature of this character and, and the, the chaos that he is experiencing internally so much, 
know, just trying to find tricks for myself more so of how I can put myself in that position, you know, in a relatively short amount of time and, and get in that headspace as much as I could. But that's really all it, it came back to me. Yeah. And I loved your scenes with you and Taylor and the one that you're strapped down to the bed. That was such a difficult scene to do. How did you guys prepare for that one? Was that a separate kind of take on that? Did you guys work harder on that scene? Yeah, I mean, we definitely did. That was one I think we shot towards the end of the shoot. And it was something that obviously was so painful for the characters. I think both of the characters to be experiencing, really all the characters involved in that scene. But but really, I think Adam coming to grips and really feeling the, the bulk of his shame and his his real kind of anger at himself and, 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 and how low he is on himself. And so fortunately, I, I remember most... Um, Walton, who played my dad in the film, just being like the whole time while we were shooting that scene, being like, you know, we're all here for each other. We're all here for you, Charlie, whatever you need. You know, we got your back with anything. And then just kind of trying to stay as in the energy of that scene as possible. But but I was so fortunate to have those guys be there for that. You know, they were so helpful. I, I absolutely love the film and I enjoyed watching your performance. So me as an actress, I just want to really focus on you and you did so wonderfully with Adam. So thank you so much thank you for talking to me. That means the world, Heather. I really appreciate that. Thank you so, so much. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about the one and only Ivan and speaking with Ariana Greenblatt, who plays Julia, and we'll also be interviewing Charlie Plummer and Taylor Russell from Words on the Bathroom Walls. We'll be talking with many cast members from The Sleepover, as well as Charlie and Carly from Weird But True on Disney+. And right now, we'll be listening to Heather's interview with Taylor Russell from Words on the Bathroom Walls. Hi there. I'm Heather Suarez, reporting for Kids First. And today, I'm sitting down with Taylor Russell to talk about their film, Words on the Bathroom Walls. So I just want to start off saying that I love Maya. She's such a strong, independent woman, and I love her character. Thank you. So you and Charlie have great chemistry and I just love how you guys work together. So what what was filming the scenes between you two like? Uh, it was fun. It was really fun. And it felt like we were both, you know, trying to find different ways into it. And I was a fan of Charlie's work prior. So I was happy to be able to, you know, play and explore with him. And we were able to do that. It felt like just a playground. Um, which was nice. And your, and your guys' performance, that connection that you guys had was so raw. And so how has working on this film opened your eyes to how mental disorder awareness isn't talked about, and especially in teenagers? Um, yeah, I mean, the when I was learning about schizophrenia in this movie, um, it was was shocking for me to to see the statistics about how many people do deal with it and the ages which it's diagnosed 16 to 25 which is you know your youth and um and i think it's it's really timely that a story like this is being told because so many you know teenagers do go through it um and hopefully it'll inspire people to you know do more research about about this mental illness and especially after watching the film, I wanted to learn more. So I actually Googled it and everything because it was such a powerful film. And I love 
the prom scene. So I love how you guys are dancing together. So how did you guys film that? Um, how did we film that? That was, uh, I think we filmed it over maybe one night or two nights. And, um, and it just felt like there was a lot of momentum. I can't remember exactly how it went down, but I remember it felt like there was a really strong momentum and a lot of energy in it. And it was kind of, you know, a big turning point in the movie for them. So um, it was nice to be around that many people. I always like being in scenes with a large group of people because there's so much to, to pull from, a lot to do. And, um, and that's, that's, you know, always good. And it was such a cute scene for Adam and Maya to connect. So what do you suggest that people can do to learn more about schizophrenia and to open up conversations about schizophrenia in teenagers and mental disorders in the general public? That is a really great question. I don't don't know what other people should do, um, but for me personally, I just, you know, try to ask questions or, or yeah, try to ask as many questions as I can and learn about people and see what they can teach me really. Um, and we have, you know, so many resources at our fingertips in this, in this day. So, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, you can be inspired to learn about, about things that aren't in your immediate world. And it seems like that's happening more and more, um, especially right now. And, and I'm, and I'm happy that's happening. I, I'm, I'm grateful that the awareness it seems like is growing. And I, I really think that this movie is going to impact the way that society sees mental disorders. And I really, really do hope that this conversation does happen more. I loved you in the film, and I can't wait to see what you do next, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you for talking with me. Well, that's it for now. I'm Heather Suarez, reporting for Kids First. Thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to get all of our newest reviews, and I'll see you guys as soon as I can. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Ruby Alvin from Miami, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Ruby Aubin, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about the one and only Ivan, and we've also been interviewing Charlie Plummer and Taylor Russell from Words on the Bathroom Walls. We'll be talking with many cast members from The Sleepover, as well as Charlie and Carly from Weird But True on Disney+. Next, we'll be listening to Zoe's interview with Malin Ackerman, Ken Marino, Anuka Okuma, and Carla Souza on The Sleepover. Hey everyone, I'm Zoe Canelo reporting for Kids First. Once again, I am talking to the cast of The Sleepover, a new Netflix film. Today, I talked to Malin Ackerman and Ken Marino. Hey guys, how are you? Hi Zoe. How are you? I'm good. Um, congratulations. I love the film. Um, it was so entertaining the entire time. Um, I love that in this film, usually parents take care of kids, but in this film, kids are almost taking care of the parents. Of course, they're trying to find them. They're doing all this stuff to try to get to you guys. Um, And this POV from the film is one of the things I love the most. So what do you guys love the most about this amazing story? I loved um, playing a character that had this interesting past it was a it was a fun character to get to come in and play this duality of home life mom and then all of a sudden we switch it over and we see how fierce she was in her previous life and then you know get to marry it all together and bring her kids into this adventure is really the aspect i love most Definitely. Yeah, I enjoy i enjoy a family movie where the family becomes stronger and closer throughout the course of the film and um, the way we do it in this movie, you know, through a lot of action sequences and through the comedy and um, this, that, that sort of action genre is a fun way to tell that story of a family uh, growing closer and becoming more connected. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think every family has a past and some even have a secret like this one. So do you think communication is most important? What do you think is really important with the bond of a child and their parents? Good question. I think uh, I think trust and respect are, are two really important ones. And that comes obviously within um, the realm of communication. Um, I think allowing a safe space for your children to be able to feel and express is really important. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, Ultimately, it's just the trust to know that, you know, you've got their back and that they can just trust fall into you always. Um, I second that. (laughs) I love how there's so many action scenes. Melon, I have no idea how you could do all that in a dress. I don't know if you had a stunt double, but. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It was it was an interesting one to put the heels on and do it in a dress. It was very different than doing it. On this, you did it amazingly, but like I was like, whoa, how is she doing all that? In, oh, and Ken, you had your amazing stunt at the end whenever you jumped onto the sidewalk. 
you know, your little jump. Oh, when I jumped down? <laughs> yeah. Big yeah, that was a big stunt for me. We uh, spent uh, like three or four months figuring out how I can jump down off of a three-foot platform without hurting myself. And I feel like we, I mean, we involved a lot of people, a lot of stunt coordinators. Uh, we shot it from a bunch of different angles to really make sure that it worked out okay. And I was able to jump down uh, three feet. Oh, and Ken, you also had, you directed um, How to Be a Latin Lover with Eugenio Derbez. I interviewed him, he's amazing. Um, Isn't he wonderful? Yes, and I love all the diversity and culture in this um, movie so how do you feel about all like the different because we also have um anuka and carla that one of them is mexican and everything so how do you feel about all of this in the film i think it's important to always have diversity and to 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 to, to be inclusive uh more so now than ever and um uh so i feel like any movie that i'm involved in i i hope that that exists and, and i will always push for that Definitely. It's a of society, really. It's just mm -hmm. a parallel of what we're seeing in real life. Thank you guys so much for talking with me. I had such a fun time. Thank you. Thank you, Zoe. Hi, everyone. I'm Zoe Kendall, reporting for Kids First, and today I'm going to be talking to Carla Souza and Anuka Okuma from the new movie, The Sleepover, on Netflix. So let's check it out. So how are you? I'm excited to be talking to you. Um, I love that in this movie, there's comedy and there's action and all these different things thrown in there. So what do your characters really bring to the story? Well, my character is a little bit of a spoiler, so I don't want to wreck it too much, but she's a definitely a more mysterious character, a little bit of a darker figure, and she's from Margot's past, the mom in the story, Malin's character, so she definitely wants to bring Margot back into the to that uh, exciting life that she lived before she became a mom. I would say my character's also from Malin's past and, um, you know, uh, she's, I guess, uh, one of her close friends back in the day and also to not give too much away, but she ends up um, sort of helping the kids along the way to, uh, to get to save their mom. Mm-hmm. And I love how there's so much diversity. Your characters are amazing, and I love seeing you guys in this film. Um, do you think that this is more opportunities now for you guys to really get a lot of jobs? And first, I just want to say congratulations as well. You guys did amazing. Thank, Thank you. I think um, what's unique about this movie, though, is that you really do have quite a few female characters that are action <laughs> heroes. You know, women being very physical, which you very rarely see. And, uh, and I think that that was um, a testament to, I mean, it's the writing, it's the casting, it's the directing, but, but it's pretty important, I think, for us girls to see us girls up there with a lot of power. Definitely. Yeah, I just talked to Mel and actually, I was wondering, how was she fighting in that dress? I mean, <laughs> yeah. she was so good. And then with the dress, I was like, how is she? Wow. <laughs> she's pretty, she's actually, well, she did that movie Watchmen, so she's got a lot of training doing fights. So she, um, she definitely already had some footing in terms of that. Uh, but I was just, I was a little new to the fighting. So it took a, took a lot more work on my end, but <laughs> I hope we made it work. <laughs> what is your guys' best memory on set with everyone and the whole cast together? Oh, I guess um, for me, it was so special when I, uh, when I had that scene in the, in the underground sort of train 
subway thing with the kids. Uh, that was so much fun because it was just basically me and the kids. And I got to see how awesome they were at improvising and just getting to know them and who they are and their parents and um, who they want to be and just, you know, being next to kids who are, you know, so excited and, and just kind of, they're not new to this because they seemed like adults, like fully responsible, like amazingly professional adults, but um, just to see uh, their eagerness and what they expected from this career. And for me, it was just like an incredible experience to be on set with them. Definitely. They were so mature whenever I was interviewing them. Yeah. And- Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, okay, so I want to know, did you guys film mostly at night? Because while watching a movie, a lot of the scenes were pretty much in nighttime. So was that kind of hard for you guys? Or It's a great question because it's true. Whenever you see a movie, when, whenever you get a script that is takes place mostly at night, then you're starting work at 6 p.m. and going till very, very early in the morning. So there were quite a lot of night shoots. Um, but also a lot of it took place inside so we could darken out the windows and shoot the day for nighttime. For me, that's what happened is like, uh, the, you know, the underground one, it was daytime, broad daylight when we were doing it. And the other one too, when they're escaping, it was all basically I filmed during the day, which was so nice because like Nuka said, basically you then don't sleep and then it messes with your, you know, night daytime. And yeah. So it's nice when they do that. Yeah. That's great to hear. Well, thank you guys so much for talking with me. I had such an amazing time. And once again, congratulations on this incredible film. Thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about the one and only Ivan and speaking with Ariana Greenblatt, who plays Julia. Also, Charlie Plummer and Taylor Russell from Words on the Bathroom Walls. We'll be talking with many cast members from The Sleepover, as well as Charlie and Carly from Weird But True on Disney+. Right now, let's get back to Zoe's interview with Sadie Stanley, Cree Chikino, Maxwell Simpkins, and Lucas J, who are also a part of the cast and crew from The Sleepover. Hey, everyone. First of all, I want to say congratulations. This is an incredible film. So, Sadie, um, for this film, you had to learn how to play the cello, and you played beautifully. Like, I thought you would have been playing for years (laughs) that you had to learn. So what's been the most complicated thing you've had to do for a role? Gosh, well, honestly, it might have been cello. Um, well, I guess when I did Kim Possible, um, the stunt training and the fight training was pretty challenging, uh, but very fun. But honestly, cello was pretty hard, too. Picking up a whole new instrument was difficult. But thank you for saying I looked really good, but it was not It was not me. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, did, I, I did take some lessons, and I learned uh, kind of the fundamentals and how to, like, hold it correctly and look like I've been playing for years. But we also did this really cool trick where um, – my double, who was a really fabulous cellist, she would sit behind me, and uh, it was almost like, you know the game you did where you, like, put your arms around somebody, and then, like, you pretended your hands were their hands? Does that make sense? So she did that, and then put her arms around the cello and played it, and then I would just, like, do the face work, the face acting, and then they would angle a certain way, and it would look like I was playing beautifully, so, tricks. (laughs) No, it really did look like you were playing amazingly. That's very cool. Um, Max, in this film, you had to dance. Have you ever taken dance classes? You look like a professional back there. And I thought, thank you. Um, I, I did used to dance, like take dance lessons. I used to break dance when I was super young. I'm talking like six or seven, but I've always been able to bust a move at like a wedding. (laughs) So it was, it was really fun to be able to dance in this. And well, it was, 
all choreographed by me and June, my amazing dance teacher. He is so talented. And Trish, the director, is such a great dancer, and she really led the way. And it was so much fun. You can see I popped a little Rihanna in there, did a little single ladies. So you can see a little bit of everything in there. Definitely. I love the whole routine. Thank you. Uh, Yes, Cree. And I love your character. She's so fun and colorful. So how did you really bring your character to life in this film? Oh, uh, well, thank you for saying that's very kind of you. You know, having the character in so many wild situations and, you know, having the freedom to have so many, like, snappy little one-liners, it wasn't too hard. A lot of the work was kind of done for me. Um, But our director, Trish, was really fantastic about letting us, all of us, try, you know, improving lines and, you know, sort of leading our own blocking when it made sense to and, you know, having ideas and things like that. So as time went on and I became a little bit more comfortable with Mim and a lot of Cree seeped into her, um, I sort of had the freedom to to try new things and to, to throw in some of those colorful, sillier moments. So I, I, I give a lot of that to our director, Trish, because she was really collaborative and, and really listened to us and our ideas. That's amazing. I love that so much. And Lucas, you worked in Gilmore Girls, Fuller House. Those are my favorite shows. Um, so that's amazing. What do you love the most about being an actor? Crafty. <laughs> Um, I actually, but it's like, it's really just kind of like being a different character. Cause I just kind of like love, you know, being a different character. It kind of feels, it feels great. It's definitely a, a fun experience just going on set and being someone you're not. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for talking with me. I had such a fun time. Um, make sure to watch the sleepover on Netflix. Thank you, Zoe. Bye. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Ruby Allen from Miami, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! 
turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Ruby Alban, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And we just finished listening to Zoe's interview with cast members from The Sleepover. And right now, let's listen to Catherine's interview with Charlie and Carly from Weird But True on Disney+. Plus. Hi, this is Catherine reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm here with Chicago-based writer, co-executive producer, production designer, and co-host of National Geographic's show, Weird But True, Charlie Engelman, and the Brooklyn-based co-host and producer of Weird But True, Carly Shiraki. It's so great to be here with you guys today. I cannot wait to see the new season. All right, so Charlie, we're going to start with you. Yes. So I've been reading the Weird But True book since I was very, very little, and yeah. I've always loved them. I have big collection on my little bookcase thing, and many of the facts are very fascinating, but very, very weird and almost too weird to be true. So yes. my friends and I, sometimes we'd look through the books and we would be like, well, can this be true? So yeah. have you ever questioned any of those facts yourself? A hundred percent. Those are those are sometimes the, the best facts to learn about, I think. When we write the show we're putting together, it's almost like when you're researching something online and you spot that one thing and you're just like, that has to be a lie or I can't believe that that, is, that actually exists. Those are the things that we definitely put in the show and we try to kind of explain exactly how they work so you understand them a bit better. But um, definitely the ones that shock you or that really jump out at you are um, the fun ones to learn about for sure. Definitely. And I've always been like, wait, so one of the facts I remember most vividly of being like, that can't be true. But I mean, it must because it's a weird but true. But yeah. uh, it's the moon. Researchers say that the moon might be squishy inside. I'm like, what? what? The moon is squishy? I mean, uh, I what know. else? We have uh, scorpions glow in the dark. Uh, what else? You could you could cook an entire Thanksgiving dinner in the dishwasher. I mean, it's it's just Wait, out of the truth. Yeah, really true. There you go. Okay, well that's very interesting. That's very odd. We explain yeah, it on the show. Definitely. And so for season three, you have a new and wildly talented co-host, Carly Shiraki. And you and Carly come from very different backgrounds. So how'd you get to know each other? Were you already fans of each other's work before the show or what? Well, I met Carly when we were looking for a new co-host for the show. And we had a lot of resumes. People sent us a lot of videos of people who could kind of work and fit well. And I think Carly has done a lot of television work in the past. And she's the type of person where you see her on television and you're just like, wow, this person is so expressive. She's so fun. She's so excitable. She would be the perfect fit for the show. And I think we do come from different backgrounds. I come from a scientific background. Carly comes from a more of a performing background. But we both have kind of a shared enthusiasm for goofing around, having a fun time, and learning new things. So it's kind of really fun when we're on the show. It's like having a friend that's really good at the things that you're not good at. <laughs> so that <laughs> when you're in the field and you're talking to someone or you have to do an activity, and I'm like, oh, man, I know I'm not going to do this well. I'm pretty sure Carly is going to do it well. So we kind of balance each other out and boost each other up on the show, which is really fun. Yes, that's so great. And I remember, Carly, you did Sunny Side Up, and I remember, I was like, oh, my God, I watched that show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I watched that show. And I was just like, whoa, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so I was like, whoa. Um. <laughs> that makes me so happy to hear. That show was so much fun to do. It was an absolute roller coaster every day because it was live. Um, yeah. But this show is actually 
weirdly similar the way like sunny side up was so many different things it was like sometimes we were making crafts sometimes we were dressing up in costumes sometimes we were learning about something new the show is actually that also it's just like a supercharged like you know a o- older kid version of that which is really yeah. cool yeah and I might add, as you know from Sunny Side Up, my co-host was a chicken puppet named Chica. Let me tell you, working with a real human being was really cool. Those I could just look into us. Charlie's eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, I guess it would be nice to actually work with a real person other than a little chicken. But hey, Chica was cute. Chica was cute. <laughs> oh, Chica! Look, Chica's hilarious. In fact, that would be a, a dream collaboration. Carly, Chica, and Charlie. Oh my gosh, crossover. Crossover episode. Yeah, crossover. Season four. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so as a University of Michigan senior and nature filmmaker, you beat out more than 700 competitors to win National Geographic Channel's expedition granted content and an award of $50,000 to fund an expedition to the forest across the U.S. At age 21, that launched your career into producing nature series. Yes. So... Yeah, and so that is a sort of dream come true scenario. So yeah. what advice yeah, what advice do you have for any kids hankering to launch a career in television? Oof, you know, I don't know. I think there are two there are two ways to do it, if uh I'm being honest. I think the one way to do it is to kind of um get a job at a television station or if you want to be a writer, try to get a production assistant job or something like that. There's the very structured way to do it. Or I mean, the thing is that I think television is the dream for a lot of people, but there are so many other things like you can make videos on Instagram or you can make videos on YouTube or even like TikTok now. And um, all you really need is a, a phone and uh, a desire to do something creative. So really, I think it used to be that you needed a bunch of stuff in order to get started, but now you just got to start doing it. So I think if you really love television, if you really love making stuff, there's nothing really stopping you from creating things. So just go start doing it and put your stuff out in the world. Yeah, and that's, I guess, that's definitely what, I guess, you kind of started to do, definitely. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we'll be talking with many cast members from The Sleepover, the one and only Ivan, and boards on the bathroom walls. Right now, let's get back to Catherine's interview with Charlie and Carly from Weird But True on Disney+. And so your, your shows reach across the, kids across the globe. So how do you determine content for the show in terms of international appeal? International appeal. Gosh, you, Catherine, you have the greatest questions. You're, you're putting us through the ringer here. I hope I sound as smart as you do in this interview. <laughs> How do we choose topics for international appeal? I think we choose topics in two different ways. One uh, type of topic is we love doing kind of seemingly ordinary topics like cooking or something like that and try to expose all the weird, crazy stuff about it, like the fact that you can cook meals in dishwashers and by burying them underground and stuff. Or we like doing topics that are really kind of extreme, like scuba diving or solar systems where we can go on a NASA habitat on a volcano in Hawaii and sequester ourselves there for a day. So do something really weird. But I think and when thinking about the international appeal, I think Carly and I try to remember that um, stuff that might be weird to us might not be weird to other people halfway across the world. So when you're labeling things as weird or not weird, um, you just got to be really careful. Like weird doesn't mean disgusting or weird doesn't mean gross. Weird more in the sense of our show is kind of like, oh, surprising and stuff that we didn't know. 
So we're trying to kind of share different cultural information and the stuff that is mostly weird, we try to make sure it's the information parts. So we're not kind of, we don't want to make fun of everybody, anybody or anything like that on the show. Yeah, and I definitely, I got to a sneak peek at the show and I definitely saw, I got, I think I saw like three episodes, but I saw the solar system one and I remember the intro is like, there are as many stars as there are grain, or there are more stars than there are grains of sand on the earth. And I was like, what? Yeah. That's right? insane. What? It's crazy. Right off the bat, we hit you with a good one. <laughs> yes, definitely. So I have one more question for you, Charlie, before we switch over to Carly. So as the head writer, art director, executive producer, and talent for Weird But True, you wear a lot of different hats, literally and metaphorically. Yes. Uh, so how does this play out? Is it ever challenging <laughs> to switch from one to another? I think so, definitely. I mean, I have a ton of help on the show in all of those departments, a bunch of really talented people who are helping me out. So um, that makes it a lot easier. And also, I think it's really great to have somebody like Carly, who is such a great co-host and talent, where if I have to go and I have to address some art stuff and she has to work on kind of prepping a guest or prepping an expert, she's really great at that. So I think it's the fact that you have like a whole team behind you to help you out is a really huge help. But there are some days where I'm working for about like 19 hours a day and running from one thing to another and having a writer's meeting and an art meeting and then having to host something in the studio. It gets really crazy. And I take like very professional meetings wearing like felt mustaches and costumes just because I have to because of everything <laughs> that's going on. So a lot of the times they cross over. <laughs> well, I guess it does sound like it'd be pretty busy doing everything. Yeah, it is. So Carly, I'm going to switch over to you now. So you've done many, many different things like theater, DJing, crafting, hosting, and voiceovers. So where do you find yourself having the most fun and which prepared you most for the show? Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, I have fun doing all of it, to be honest. That's like sort of, that's the way I would answer the question earlier about how do you like seek out a career in television? I think you just follow the things you love. So, um, I love, I love getting to help people have a good time. Um, whether that good time involves dancing to, uh, you know, the high school musical soundtrack when I was a DJ for Radio Disney or whether or whether the good time, which was, that was fun, or whether the good time is uh, showing kids all the ways they can explore their curiosity on this show. Um, so I, I feel really, really grateful to be able to do so many things. Um, I actually think that's something Charlie and I have in common is that we both um, – kind of like to run around wearing a lot of different hats, doing a bunch of different things, keeping busy. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. It's all good fun stuff. Yeah. And speaking of kids, you were telling how you, you know, like, like helping kids have fun. And so why do you think your career is gravitated towards children's content? So what do you love most about educating children? So I'm, I'm the oldest of seven kids. And when I was growing up, I was always, you know, having so many brothers and sisters is kind of like having a little theater company in your household. So I would always be like, everybody, we're making a play. Here are your roles. I'll see you in the basement in 10 minutes. Please don't be late. Um, <laughs> but it, in all seriousness, one of my favorite things to do we had this video from when i was eight years old i'm in the basement hosting an episode of this tv show called where in the world is carmen san diego which was this geography game show that was on tv when i and i i just 
it's so funny to look back at that now and be like, I was eight years old playing out things I was seeing on TV. And now that's what I'm doing with my whole life. And I think um, I, I love the idea of making stuff for kids because the stuff you watch and read when you're a kid impacts your whole life. Whether you're copying the host of a TV show or whether you see a doctor on TV and you know a kid that watches Doc McStuffins is at home uh, with her animal hospital <laughs> and she's gonna grow up to be a doctor. It's um, really interesting to me, and especially with Weird But True, we're showing kids so many examples of all the things they can do and be. And um, I, I, that's my favorite thing about working with kids. Definitely. And I guess, yeah, I guess a little bit like a little bit of influence on TV or whatever they watch will go a long way in their life. Yeah. So I know that you probably get asked this question a lot, but what is your favorite weird but true fact? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what is my favorite weird but true fact? I mean, I have, there, there are a lot. One of them I usually say is the, um, is, is that I'm the oldest of seven kids because people are like, what? Um, and then another weird but true fact about me is that my family has a shroom farm. Um, that's our, our family business, and it's what all of the uh, Italian immigrants in the area where I grew up in, um, when, when folks came over to the U.S., they were, there were a lot of mushroom farmers in my uh, community. So I know a lot about mushrooms, which is cool because in season three, we go to a mushroom farm and talk to a mushroom farmer. And I was like, wow, my guy, beautiful. I know you. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> Well, it's, thank you so much. It's been so great talking with you. This is Catherine reporting for Kids First. Thanks so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, Kidsville News, and more. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.